friends. <laughs> I would love to take a moment to center you with me in this moment. I recently, uh, luckily, found some matching furniture on Facebook Marketplace that is now moved into our home. And in the midst of moving that furniture in, I moved a love seat to a different spot in the house. And this one catches the late afternoon sun perfectly. So I'm seated in this little bit of wintry sunshine with both the dogs who you may hear in the background as they kind of move around and yawn and shuffle. Uh, but this, that's me, very, very grounded in the sun, in this moment, feeling a lot of gratitude, a lot of thankfulness. And then also with that, while I'm in this kind of soft space, I wanted to share some helpful tips and phrases that I have either found, come across, created, read, shared through the grapevine, had shared to me through the grapevine, um, around boundaries, just some language, especially as we move into the holidays, into seasons where there's a lot of expectations about how available we are, when there's a lot of family expectations and traditions, when there's a lot of space that we're being asked to show up in and hold for others, that is not always mutual. Sometimes we have a greater capacity to show up for others than they really have to um, hold us or to kind of have us show up, if that makes sense at all. <laughs> there's this, um, this need often. It, it is presented as a need that we behave in a certain way, that we belong in a certain way. And this time of year for me always brings up um, challenges to my own personal practice of living without proving, which I'll get into in a moment. Um, but as always, I trust you to know where you're at, to take whatever language or practices or ideas resonate with you, and then to lovingly set aside the rest. You can always come back to them later or discard them altogether. Um, I really am just here to share some things that I personally have found helpful in this way. And the first and most helpful thing is a little bit of space, a little bit of a pause before responding or reacting, which I personally like to fill that pause with breath. So I want to invite you here as we settle in to take a couple of breaths. These can be deep breaths. These can be sighs. These can be really shallow, kind of caught in your throat breaths. Whatever you're feeling today in this moment, it's valid. It's good. Breathe. As we breathe, some phrases 
that I fall back on and that I lean on heavily when I am instituting a boundary, when I'm letting someone know that they have crossed a line. I always want to be gracious, right? Um, Especially if, like me, you grew up in family settings that deeply lacked boundaries, where that was not an understood concept or practice. Um, Be gracious as much as you can be. Many, many people are not going to know that they crossed a line. So when you're informing someone that they crossed a line that they weren't even aware of, we want to lead with a little bit of that compassion and softness. So some phrases that have been helpful for me are, I know I would have found that funny or acceptable or whatever the word is. Um, I know I would have found that, found that funny in the past, but I actually find that to be really rude and unkind. Just so you know, those jokes aren't going to make me laugh anymore. Or as another example, you know, in the past, I would have found that acceptable But currently, when X, Y, or Z happens, that's actually really intrusive for me and is not comfortable. You are not, in these instances, right, you are not setting up an ultimatum. It's not, hey, if you don't pay attention to my needs, then then I'm out of here and we can't have a relationship. It's really just informing someone of a line that they've crossed, that they probably didn't realize they've crossed. And for me personally, a lot of this it has to involve the acknowledgement that in the past, that wasn't a line. In the past, that wasn't something that would have upset me or made me comfortable, uncomfortable, or things like that. So for me personally, it's a lot of like acknowledging, like, hey, I realize this is not how we used to function before. And also now, that is not something that I tolerate. That is not something that I'm okay with. That is that is a line. It is informing someone, but again, really graciously. Um, one, another one of my favorite phrases, when people are instituting a boundary with me, right? Because that can be hard too. Um, I would describe myself as kind of the first person in my family to really study and take into account mental health from a holistic perspective. So it's been, you know, it's been a while. (laughs) But my, you know, some of my younger siblings now or cousins and other extended family, often more of my peers, uh, like a millennial and Gen Z generations, um, now they are beginning to institute boundaries also. And so when someone is instituting a boundary, when they're letting me know that I've crossed a line, you know, that I didn't know was there, that I have encroached in a way that is unkind or undesired. One of my favorite phrases is, thank you for letting me know so that I can better respect your and then fill in the blank. So thank you for letting me know so I can better respect how you have decided you want to parent. Thank you for letting me know so that I can respect your energy and how you're feeling today. Thank you for letting me know so I can respect your values that I realize have shifted from mine and I didn't mean to make that assumption. Thank you for letting me know so that I can respect you and show up for you in the ways 
that feel like love and kindness for you. It takes a lot of practice. I have definitely used that phrase while there is still a part of me internally that is like, how dare they? How dare they put up a boundary around me? (laughs) But of course, we're all here to practice and love, especially learning how to love people best. That is a practice. So again, that pause, taking a moment to breathe, to come back to a phrase, even if it feels like a slightly disingenuine um, or disgenuous canned answer, coming back to that for a moment and breathing through it really does help. And it also reminds me that you know, boundaries are a sign of respect. They get put in place because we want to stay in relationship with one another. Boundaries are not put up, again, like as some ultimatum, as like you cannot cross this line or I will never speak to you again. If things are to that point, I think that suggests that there hasn't really been boundaries in the first place. Something else, another practice, and this is, again, definitely, like, it's a skill. I am not sharing this because I have figured out all of these things and have them all nailed down. These are just phrases that I have found to come in handy when I'm sometimes otherwise at a loss and I don't quite know what to say. Something that I have started saying is, well, I disagree, but I understand where you're coming from. And I use this one more as a personal boundary, not because I'm necessarily trying to stir some things up or start a fight or even necessarily have some in-depth conversation about something. Um, But I think there can be the assumption that everybody in the family or everybody in this room agrees with you. And that may not be the case. And when that's not the case, I have found myself relying on the phrase, well, I disagree, but... I understand what you're saying, or I disagree, but I know where that's coming from. Or actually, I don't agree with that, but also like that's okay. In some capacity, setting a boundary around your own personal values, while also making it clear that you're not doing so in order to start some kind of aggravated um, conversation or dialogue that you're not necessarily trying to convince someone to your point of view. Another phrase I use is even lovingly disagree with you. Well, I lovingly disagree with you, but I understand why you you think that or why you believe that. I Actually, I lovingly disagree, but I'm also okay with that. Making, making it clear that you both disagree and are still comfortable being in relationship with somebody who maybe doesn't share all of your values. Obviously, none of these phrases are universal. Um, None of our experiences around boundaries are, you know, ultimately completely universal. I think it's universal in that we all need boundaries in order to feel safe, in order to uphold our own authenticity and integrity. And Yet the nuances of them and the relationships around them and and even the topics and values around them are all so deeply personal and personalized. Um, You know, I have boundaries around things that my spouse 
doesn't. I have different boundaries with, you know, his mother than than he has with his mother and and that's to be expected. So this is not again to suggest that you can just use these phrases and suddenly you have boundaries, but rather wanting to offer some kind words. What maybe does it sound like to be really compassionate and gracious when you're sitting at the dinner table and you're realizing everybody thinks that you agree with whatever they're saying. And for your own sanity and for your own integrity, you may need to stay for a moment and speak up and, hey, I actually, I don't agree with that. I lovingly disagree, but I understand why that might be a minority view at this table. Um... It can be hard to not use volatile language. Again, it's a practice, but I invite you into that practice, especially if that's something that's been on your heart or mind, especially if you've been getting those pre-anxiety jitters, (laughs) right, prior to visiting family, prior to seeing people. And then one other thing about boundaries that I do want to talk about is how boundaries are can be external like we've been describing like when somebody informs you of a line that you've crossed or when you'd need to inform someone else of a line that you've crossed or you just you know again for your own authenticity's sake need to say for a moment actually <laughs> let's not assume that we all voted the same way or we all think the same way or we all believe the exact same things about some of these often really complex or nuanced topics um boundaries are also can be very, very internal. There are internal boundaries. And those I find are the ones that first and foremost actually kind of maintain a sense of self where we don't begin to lose ourselves in the process of bartering for our belonging in in other groups of people. Firstly, the need to belong and the need for positive attention from fellow humans is so deeply intertwined in us. So please give yourself grace. It's okay if these boundaries slip up and move or they get a little bit more gray and a little bit less black and white. And that is okay. We all want to feel safe in social settings. We all want that deep, comforting sense of belonging. And a lot of us learned to belong by learning to appease, by seeking approval. And we might be in a different space in life now, but there's still that part of us that just really longs for the approval of our mother or for the approval of our grandmother or the approval of our mother-in-law. Or maybe for you, it's not the matriarchs in your family and in your life. For me, it is. Um, But it's okay. Just know that it's okay if you find yourself really, really just wanting to feel that and to sense that even if it is a bit inauthentic how it has been achieved no need to shame yourself for that this graciousness and compassion that we're practicing towards others is also part of the practice of boundaries towards ourselves and in our inner world for me personally My internal boundaries look a lot like reminding myself that I don't have to prove anything. I do not have to prove 
my belief system. I do not have to prove that I'm doing okay financially, health-wise, or in any other aspect of life. I do not have to prove my joy. I do not have to prove my peace. I do not have to seek approval for my life choices. I do not have to have approval for the values that I've arrived at that are different than the values that other people I will be around have arrived at. That is what a lot of my internal boundary work comes back to. Catching myself, taking those deep breaths when I notice that I'm seeking approval, when I notice that I'm trying to prove that like I'm doing okay and I'm fine in life and see these decisions they've taken me so far and see these values they actually allow me to live a really great life. Um, And that is especially hard, I find, when we are seeing family that maybe we don't see as often or friends we don't see as often. And there's kind of this, oh, well, how are you? And you kind of want to rip off all the bullet points of what you've been doing and what you've gotten done and look at how far you've come. And, And those can be really beautiful and encouraging conversations, but Internal boundaries is also knowing when you don't want to share or when, if like me, you're in a habit of oversharing, kind of catching yourself. I've even caught myself mid-sentence and been like, actually, that person isn't in the room, so I'm not going to tell this story because it's really their story to tell. Even if it's not like a bad story, (laughs) quote unquote, even if it's not like you're trying to save face. For someone, just recognizing, you know, uh, for me, this happens mostly with my spouse. Like I'll be telling a story about his work and then I'll realize that like, that's not my story to tell. It's not. And I can be excited for him and what he got done at work. But you know, that story, that's something I, I am going to hold back from. That's a boundary I'm going to have so that he can tell that story when he sits down at this table. Internal boundaries can also look like um, not just not sharing someone else's story, but recognizing the parts of your story that will not be loved and cherished and appreciated by others. Now, please notice I didn't say the word understood because sometimes there are generational gaps. Sometimes there are religious gaps where your story might never really be understood by someone else. And so the measuring sticks that I personally use instead are, is this person going to appreciate and cherish this story? Is this person going to hold it gently with the same exuberance that I hold around whatever that story is, whether it's a specific season or chapter of your life that you're sharing, whether it's a specific accomplishment or thing that you're pursuing And if somebody can't hold that with, at the bare minimum, some appreciation, some respect, then you don't have to share it. You don't have to. And I know it's hard. It is hard in those moments because we are seeking that connection. We are seeking that belonging. Um, Us sharing about our lives is like casting a bid for a connection. It's like we're holding up our auction card and saying, ooh, me, I've got something really interesting and really exciting going on in life. 
And it can be really, really hard when the people that we are maybe told innately do love our story or understand our story don't. And it can also be hard just as an adult to recognize that, man, you know, what, what is so deeply exciting and exuberant for me, it's like not going to be met with exuberance or maybe even approval, you know, by, by this other person. So those internal boundaries for me are, are noticing when I'm oversharing, especially when I'm oversharing by telling someone else's story, kind of like a living vicariously through instead of waiting for that person to enter the room or or telling the story as though the person were in the room, right? So if it's if it's the kind of situation where you're, you know, for as a personal example, um, I'm giving an update to my mom about my best friend's pregnancy because um, she asked. Well, my best friend isn't in the room, and you know these stories are not ones that I necessarily think that she would not want me to share, but we haven't actually talked about it. And so instead, and that, and she's not like coming to the same family dinner. So in that moment, I might still give an update. I might still tell my mom, but I will tell it as though my best friend is there in the room too. And that is a way to hold me accountable to making sure that I'm not oversharing on behalf of someone else, for example. So either that, say say what you want to say, but as though the person that you were speaking of is there. Or say, you know what, I'm going to wait for that person to actually tell you themselves. I'm sure they'd love to tell you this story. And then it's up to them, you know, and then, okay, that's that story that is theirs to hold. They get to now share it according to their values, according to their boundaries. When that is not the case, when there's not like an other involved, and it's just me, it's just you, then I use the the measuring stick of am I seeking approval slash am I trying to prove something? And in those instances, I pull back a bit because I don't need to prove anything. I know, right, in my own breath, in my own existence, I know what I'm going through best. I know my body best. Um, I bring that up because I know that there are families that have issues around food. Um, I trust my body best, and I do not shame my body if she wants seconds or if she's full and she doesn't. And um, those are also boundaries. So... I know I've been yammering here for a moment. This is a slightly longer episode, but I did want to toss all those tools that have blessed me your way. And if nothing else, I wanted to invite you to consider your own values, how showing up with authenticity and graciousness might feel like or look like, or in this case, sound like, to find some words around how we keep ourselves safe, how we take the best care of ourselves, and then also to lovingly remind you that boundaries exist in order to maintain relationship. Boundaries are not there as punishment. They're not there as a way to manipulate others. They're not there as a way to try to coerce or convince others, right? Because that coercing or convincing, that's another form of proving. That's another form of getting approval in some way 
are getting disapproval in some way, which can sometimes feel just as satisfying. So uh, I hope that this holiday season you breathe and you breathe through whatever arises. And also please continue to give yourself that bit of graciousness and compassion. So just like we're finding language that is soft and kind towards others, that's a practice that also begins internally, much like the general practice of boundaries themselves. It is, it is being kind and confident in our own beings that enables us to be kind and yet also confident in what we need or in those boundaries towards others. So may these breaths bless you. And go be in relationship. Go find connection. Go redefine belonging according to your values and your standards. This podcast is made entirely possible by Patreon Sacred supporters. If you also consider this work sacred and would like to support the efforts of not only this podcast, but all the other artistic projects that I, Abigail Jewell, have going on, please go to patreon.com slash A-B-I-G-A-I-L-J-E-W-E-L-L, Abigail Jewell. And you can also find the Patreon page by searching for a stillness. Thanks.